All right, Ulysses, it's a Friday episode, which means listeners will hear baseball trivia, name that war. And before we get to that, we have a combined player review, which means we'll discuss the performance of both Brooks Raley and Josh Fleming from the 2022 season. We've received really positive feedback on these combined um player reviews because they're just go 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 so guess what kevin let's go 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 and start right now you are locked on rays your daily tampa bay rays podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hello my name is kevin weiss i'm ulysses sombrano And we've done Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Pods Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. Uh, be sure you subscribe to our podcast on all podcasting platforms out there. Subscribe to that YouTube channel of ours at Locked On Rays. Follow us on our social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. We have a lot to dive into between the player reviews of Brooks Raley, Josh Fleming, baseball trivia, name that war. So let's get started by reviewing the play of one Brooks Raley, the very handsomely paid Brooks Raley, I may add. Yeah, nobody saw that coming uh, when the, uh, the, the Rays signed him to that deal by the way he has a 24 2024 club option still so he could be a ray for for quite some time so let's take a look at the big picture here he was in 53.2 innings for the race this season he had a 268 era a 274 fip he had an era plus of 136 a whip of 0.97 he was an F4 player of 0.9, so almost one F4 for him as a reliever. He uses four pitches every time: slider, fastball, changeup, cutter. He'll change them up. Um, he'll change them up. He'll use them up at any time. He keeps uh, hitters uh, guessing with his four pitch mix, which is obviously odd as a reliever. But he was a starter in the past, so that makes sense. Kevin, I think the first thing to be highlighted was. He came through. This guy was getting yeah. paid, and he wasn't a letdown. Uh, people liked what he did, and uh, he, res- he 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 yielded really good results for 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 the race in uh, facing lefties and facing righties. Yeah, he was a really solid return on the investment for the Rays. They don't typically dole out that kind of money, let alone for a reliever. And uh, I think that the numbers speak for themselves. He he was just about everything that you could expect um from you know the the contract that he was given um and in the performance that he put up if you look at the savant page i mean everything just uh screams really really productive and solid across the board between the the strikeout rate the walk rate the hard hit percentage uh the the whiff percentage the the barrel percentage i mean it's the chase rate all really really good markers and you would assume that from uh a guy that was given the contract that he was and uh, the type of repertoire that he has. Uh, and again, it's not just uh, yielding deception versus lefties. It's, it's righties as well. So um, 
I, I think that he he posted and he was about as productive as you would expect. That that's the good I got for him. Uh, and I, I mean, I guess we can move along cause we got combined player reviews. We also got to talk about Josh Fleming and you talk about, uh, uh, you, you talk about a, a flip of a, a script there between the performance of Brooks Riley and Josh Fleming. Oh boy. Um, but getting to the, I guess, unless there's anything else you want to highlight with Brooks Riley as far as the positives, I mean, it, the, the, the numbers and, and everything we mentioned kind of speak for themselves, I would say. Yeah, no, if you just look, if you want to just get a little summary, just go to look at the Savant page and then the, the reds are the 98s, you know, yeah. the 99s are going to hit you in the face like a, like a, you know, blank truck. But uh, I would have to just add one more thing, which is he can be used for more than one inning once every month. He was used once right. every month, basically on average, more than one inning. So he does give you flexibility on that end of the spectrum, which is, of course, something good to have in the bullpen because ultimately you're going to lean on bullpens more in the playoffs. And so a guy that can give you more than one inning at a time is definitely very valuable. Right. And that's something that, again, when you're now the fourth highest paid player on the team as a reliever, you better be able to do and perform wherever and whenever you're asked to be able to perform, Uh, whether it's as a, a one inning reliever, whether it's facing a certain part of the lineup, whether it's uh, in one inning versus the next, like, uh, okay, it's it's Manny Margot, Tyler Glass now, Brandon Lau, and then Brooks Riley. So Brooks Riley, and, and he's he's such a professional that um, I think he takes all that uh, in good stride as well. Let's also consider that this was a guy that not too long ago was playing in the KBO. So I think he really appreciates and relishes his opportunity to be back in the big leagues and, and performing in the States. Now, having said that, uh, really the only, I guess, bad marker or negative that I have on him is, and again, it's, it's all personal choice and it's all, um, if, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. That's your prerogative, but it does have an impact. It can have an impact on whether your team wins or loses a game because of your unavailability when he was put on the restricted list because he was and is unvaccinated before the series in Toronto and the Rays had to call up multiple uh, relief pitchers uh, in his stead. And um, that, you know, I, who knows if that would have made any difference at all, but I'm just, that, that's really the only negative that I can point out with Brooks Riley from the 2022 season. I think that that's a very fair uh, point. Um, I, I know people are going to get political about this, but just look at the baseball aspect of it. You were fighting within that division against yeah. the Jays. You wanted to get some distance from them, and you were not able to do that because one of your highest leverage arms, at the time, he was untouchable, by the way. It's not like he was going through rough times and you're like, oh, thank God we're not really rolling out Brooks Raley there. Like, no, he was a guy that you really wanted to roll out and you and you couldn't. So I I feel like that's a fair uh, negative to not be there for your team. If you want to talk about another category, which is, of course, we're into the 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 segment that we should call Ulysses favorite segment for a pitcher. You all know it that I love it. The left on base percentage the strand rate yeah it was a little bit off uh for my taste it was a 73 percent just to give you a couple of names that are higher than that um michael givens was at 78.6 percent um 
Matt Moore was at 81.1%. And Erasmo Ramirez was at 82.3%. So those three names do not scream like, oh, those are really tremendous high leverage arms. They have a better strand rate than Brooks Raley, who had it at 73%. So Mm. um, I feel like that's something if you have homework, Brooks, it would be to, well, I guess you don't have to get vaccinated anymore uh, because I'm I'm sure that's not going to be a thing with with, uh, MLB going forward. But fix that strand rate because 73% for the money that that he's being paid and, and the and the position that he's being thrown out against hitters, you need to be better than than that, you know, leaving runners on base. Yeah, and I'm uh, glad you mentioned that. And also speaking of his contract status and his future with the team, so of course uh, he signed that two year, ten million dollar deal plus a 2024 option. Um, I think we're on the same page that he's going to be a part of this team in 2023. But what I'm curious about is, and I, I guess it's, it's tough to answer. It's all contingent on what he does in 2023 and whether he stays healthy and he produces and all that. But, uh, if you, as of today, if he say he replicated these numbers in 2023, do you think that the Rays would pick up his option in 2024 at six and a half million dollars? Tough to say because what does Colby White, you know, do? What yeah. what do what does Andrew Kittredge do? Um, I feel like if he is still one of the best two, if he's in the podium like he was last year, and by the podium I mean Pete Fairbanks, Jason Adam, and uh, and Brooks Raley, like those were your three guys. If he's still in that podium then I feel like the Rays say yes to that. Um, but it's tough because you're, you're talking a lot of zeros for a reliever, and ultimately you can just turn everybody and anybody into an effective reliever when you're in the race system. So having said that, it, it would be a toss-up for me. I think it would be 50-50. Even if he is the, uh, in, in that podium – in 2023 of best relief pitchers for the race, he could still be, you know, given that buyout and, and, and just kind of let go because of the, the high price tag. Right. That's very fair as well. And you wonder um, what the effects of, if the Rays were to pick up that option of setting a precedence of other relievers that are more high leverage than that of <laughs> Brooks Riley was your, you know, number three, number four reliever. Maybe I should be getting uh, eight, nine, $10 million. So there's a lot of that as well. Um, all right. Getting to the grade for Brooks Riley. Uh, what are you giving him for the 22 season? I, w- I would give him a solid A. I think he, he, he entered 94, 94 for, for Brooks yeah. Riley. Um, again, I, I have to knock him about the left on base percentage. I mean, you're a high leverage guy. You're going to be in, in, in positions where every runner makes a huge difference, a swing in the game. You cannot have that. Matt Moore in 2022, Erasmo Ramirez in 2022 cannot have a better left on base strand rate than, than, than you do, than, than you do Brooks. That, that just cannot happen. Yeah. I'll also uh, give him a 94 as well. I, I had uh, I had A listed here, and I'll just go with the the, the lower A, if you will. So um, again, yeah. basically, uh, you know, you hope that 
Brooks Raley can provide that production and punch in 2023, uh, maybe even a little more so because again, uh, not to not hey, he gets what he gets paid, but you would think that the Rays of all teams giving a guy this amount of money that like his ERA should be sub one and he should give you 50 saves. Like that's almost what the expectation in the marker is because of how they work their relief core. Um, where it's yeah. like, wow, they give that amount of money to a reliever. Like what is he putting up Fernando Rodney, uh, you know, heyday numbers with the Rays. Like it's a little right. bit of not a buzzkill, but almost, and again, he had a great season, but it's almost like a little bit of a disappointment in that fact of like, man, I almost would have thought he would have been a, even better than what he showed. Yeah, yeah. No, I so. agree with you. I think when you put a lot of zeros like they did in Brooks's contract, you in years, not even the zeros, the yeah. years. It's kind of like, That's, what did you see? You know? Yeah, again, that, that. great season. Like, you're, you're great season. We're giving him a 94, people. But yeah. It's the Ray, so it's just kind of a head scratcher. No, I, I almost would have wondered of like, hey, were they going to turn him into a 90, 100 inning type of guy and he would put up these numbers? That's where it would be more almost warranted in a sense. So, uh, all right, there it is for Brooks Raley. Now we have to discuss Josh Fleming, but before we do that, we got to tell you about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. It's where you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, football, basketball, soccer, esports, and more. It is all covered at betonline.net. Uh, as you know, it is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, uh, let's before we get into uh, trivia and name that war on this Friday episode, uh, let's dive into the play and performance or lack thereof of Josh Fleming from 2022. Not not a great season for uh, Mr. Fleming uh, overall. The the numbers are not going to be pretty. So uh, hold on to your seats, people. Uh, 35 innings, a 6.43 ERA, a 189 WHIP. That's a negative 0.1 F4. He had an ERA plus of 57. That's not good. 100 would be average. So he is at 57. Um, overall, I, I, I think. Um, just not a whole lot of positives that we can no. mention here with, with Fleming. I guess the the biggest positive would be that he was available um, if the race had wanted to use him more. It's not mm-hmm. like he was on the shelf uh, with health issues or anything like that. It's just that the performance wasn't there, so they didn't use him as much as we, we might have thought that they were. But uh, he was healthy. Um I guess that would be the positive. Yeah, it's really health and he has a deep repertoire of pitches, whether they're effective or not. He does have a lot at his disposal between the sinker, the changeup, the cutter, the curveball. Um, he fields his position well. That's a positive. Yes. Uh, now, yes. all joking aside, um, when he was sent back down to Durham, he put up 
really solid numbers across the board uh, for Durham. Of course, what's a little bit uh, concerning, and we know this about Fleming, is uh, the strikeout rate or the punchies and not being able to really deliver those. And if you're not really delivering those at the AAA level, uh, what can we expect at the major league level? And I guess that kind of transitions, I mean, that that's, we don't, uh, there weren't many positives at all with, with Josh Fleming from 2022. So we might as well move on to what went wrong with him, which was a lot, of course, uh, getting torn up versus righties, which I wonder if, um, and I guess we're even fast forwarding a little bit to what his future is with the team, because if, if the Rays, DFA, Javi Guerra, and, and Ryan Yarbrough, what does that mean for Josh Fleming going forward? But, um, you know, I think that overall with Josh Fleming, what, concerns me is uh he is a ground ball pitcher and a pitch to contact guy and with the elimination of the shift does that not put greater priority on guys who can miss bats um so i wonder what that screams to his future going forward um but I mean, if we're just speaking about the, you know, what went wrong for him, I'm sure Ulysses, you'll get into the numbers a little bit, but just um, big picture overarching theme. I just think that um, we, we may have had a little bit of unrealistic expectations following the 2020 season where we've talked about this with hitters. Anybody can come up and, and show out for a month, two months, th- for three months, but can you continue that year in, year out, season in, season out? And and then we we go back a little bit after the 2020 season. 2021 wasn't all that hot for Josh Fleming either in a big league uniform. And, and we remember the disaster, the monstrosity, the monstrosity that was that uh, that 10 earned run, three innings pitch output versus the Red Sox. And I, I almost wonder if it, it's almost getting to the point of not necessarily a stuff thing, but a mental thing with him of, I mean, you're 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 thrown out there, and you're giving up ten earned runs, and, and he had other really bad outings over that season as well. Like, is he ever going to figure it out, or, or really ever gain the confidence to to attack and go after big league hitters and do what needs to be done? Did you actually look that one up, or did you store that in your baseball memory file? Of I I remembered the outing. I remembered the outing. But I didn't remember how many earned runs he gave up. I remember it was uh, it was slow pitch softball to the nth degree for Josh Fleming. So I, I wasn't sure. Hey, was it eight earned runs or nine earned runs or ten earned runs? So I did want to research that and look that up. But yeah, not good. I, I, I have it filed. So I'm I'm really <laughs> I'm glad that you brought it up because I have it so filed that I know Dietrich ends was the pitcher that also pitched during that game. I don't even have to look that up, but it was yeah. so such a horrific outing um, for Josh Fleming. And that wasn't even in 2022. And we're talking 2021. Yeah. So it's been back-to-back underperforming years for, for Josh. I do like we can do, though. That's the, that's the most unnerving thing. I like the pitch mix. I like the sink ball, the, the sinker, the, the changeup, the cutter, the curveball. I, I like this stuff. I like how he feels his position. I've said this time and time and again. Mm-hmm. If he were to pitch 160 innings and were to be qualified for the for the Gold Glove Award, he would win it. He is terrific. Now, every pitch, though, was hit so hard. So, yeah. so hard. Just ungodly numbers. The sinker usage went up by 10 points. Uh, somehow this this year 
and the batting average went up by 70 points. It, it, they hit him at 340 at that sinker. The slugging went up by 90 points. They slugged 500 against the the sinker. Everything was hit super, super hard. Now, as a caveat, and I didn't know if, if we could put this in the positive, but the BABIP was rather high at 402. Right. But also, if you if you're getting hit hard all the time, and if the exit velo is you know more than ninety percent, more than ninety miles an hour, well, you know things are going to fall in, and 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 so I don't know. I feel like the the future with Josh Fleming. Now that we can move on to the future with Josh, it's cloudy. It's cloudy yeah. for me. I, I, I would, I will not put my hand on the fire saying that he will be pitching for the Rays in 2023. I can't do that. Uh, I, I don't yeah. think any Rays fan could put their, you know, green skittles on bet online saying, yeah, I would for sure 100 percent uh, think that there that Josh Fleming will at least pitch. 35 innings for the Rays in 2023, which is exactly what he pitched in 2022. But I, I just, I don't know what is coming for him. Uh, question. Do you see, do you think that his role should be altered in the sense of, okay, we know he has or had shown the ability to go multiple innings, but maybe just turn him into a lefty only guy only face lefties exclusively yes but the issue now with the three batter minimum it's like you're gonna hit a righty you're gonna or you're gonna hit a couple righties if they pinch it so yeah you're going to have to get ready for that and the splits were not pretty people i mean a 120 whip against lefties a 231 whip against righties like not playable like not playable at all against right-handed hitters so that would be, I guess, in a perfect world, yes, just face lefties. And even then, it's not like you're going to get, you know, through, you know, unscathed. But, um, yeah, I I don't know what to think of Josh Fleming's future. I think the only thing to say is that it's it's cloudy. It's it's nebulous. It's will he it's well, he does. Clear. He does have an option remaining. So I guess that does work in his favor. But. Do you sure. see him being in the Rays organization uh, opening day 2023? Not, not necessarily at, making the roster, but on in the organization. Yeah, not as anything more than depth. I, 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 okay. I, because we've talked endlessly about the rotation being said. They only want a fifth guy to be a veteran to kind of help out Yoni Chirinas' workload and everybody else's and maybe Luis Patino if he if they still want him as a starter. We've said that he should be uh, perhaps the next Alex Colomay. Um, but, yeah, he. I think that because of the option, then I think he would be – uh, a good depth yeah. piece for the for the race to have. In a perfect world, he would have been or could have been the replacement for Ryan Yarbrough. Ryan Yarbrough gets too expensive. You dump him, and then sure. okay, we know that Josh Fleming can give you 110, 120, 130 innings. Uh, you know, with a four and a half ERA or whatever it may be. Not a lot of strikeouts. We we know what he brings to the table. Uh, we're not going to try to force him into what he's not. Um, but. I mean, you can't you can't say with a straight face that yeah, Josh Fleming's going to turn it around and, and give you 120 innings and and do it at the big league level. Like I, I really, 
I think it's uh, he, he should almost be ecstatic that he wasn't a, a casualty in this 40 man roster crunch one way or the other. So yeah. that's something that I'll throw out there. Um, and also, I mean, we kind of knew this or expected this, that he wasn't included on the Rays roster for the uh, AL wildcard series. And uh, his postseason numbers aren't too uh, hot by any means either. So, um, yeah, so there it is with Josh Fleming. Uh, what grade are you giving him for 2022 with the Rays? This is rough. Can I, can can we switch it up and and you say his his uh, his grade first? Because I I mean I I have a rough. I number, should man. give an F, but you know I'm a very nice teacher. I understand that. Hey, uh, he at least gave provided innings. I you know he he comes from a small school that nobody's heard of. Uh, he, I I'm like really trying to stretch this thing uh, If he wasn't, if he was a top prospect, yeah, I'd fail. him. So, um, but I'm going to give him a D minus the, the lowest possible D what's that? A, is 60? that a 60? I will give him a 60. Okay. And good. I feel like I'm being nice. Yeah. You're being nice. So I'll be nicer. I'll give him a 65. Okay. So he's right there at 62.5. Sorry, Josh. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, but, sorry. But um, yeah. you didn't produce like you were expected to. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move along. It being a Friday episode, baseball trivia, name that war. Uh, Ulysses, I have trivia for you. And recently, I try to make my trivia questions somewhat um, timely with uh, what is going on. Uh, in the baseball stratosphere. And of course, we have some of the award winning uh, award winners and so forth, Cy Young, MVP, all that. Um, I have in front of me, uh, and uh, I should you know give kudos to Aaron Judge for winning MVP and uh, Paul Goldschmidt for winning MVP as well, National League and American League, respectively. So that ties in with my question here. I have the list of MVP winners between the years of 2000 and 2010 15 different players between the national league and american league won mvps during that time frame out of those 15 names ulysses i want you to name five of them from 2000 to 2010 2000 to 2010 american league or national league miguel tejada Miguel Tejada is correct. Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez multiple times is correct. Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer is correct. can play along at home whether you're listening uh, via podcast platform or watching us on YouTube the MVP winners between 2000 to 2010 oh man um, I know this one's wrong but I'm gonna say uh, Jimmy Rollins Jimmy Rollins is actually correct Hall of very good, most likely. Most likely. Hmm. 
Okay, so that was right. That's nice. So I only need one more. Only need one more and you have three strikes. You could be like uh, Taylor Walls and not do anything with it. You could <laughs> have a blank canvas and, uh, you know, foul off all your pitches. Watch out. People, Taylor Walls fans are are screaming at Coming the for me right now. Yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> 2009. The prime of our childhood. I'm going to go with Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas is incorrect. Strike one. Oh, my God. I'm so dumb. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is correct. Dude, like, yeah. Just like, you know, do this and then just throw a dart and it's Barry Bonds. Yeah. There you go. Bury the lead there a little bit. So very good. You got uh, five names relatively quickly. Uh, I'll give the others here. Uh, Jeff Kent, Jason Giambi, Ichiro Suzuki, Vladimir Guerrero, somebody named Albert Pujols, Ryan Howard, Justin Morneau, uh, one of, uh, you know, the little engine that could, Dustin Pedroia, Joey Votto, and... One Josh time Hamilton. devil Josh Hamilton, yes. That was the other one as well. So, yeah. yep, that's uh, very good on the trivia question there. And uh, cool. be very curious to watch the uh, YouTube comments as well to see if uh, anybody piped in on some of those others there without cheating or looking that up. So, I would like that. There it is. It would be nice. It would be nice to know if they did cheat or not, those comments. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna check them out later on. Um, well, for the name that war portion course if you followed the show you know how it works we take uh, uh, a non-active player on baseball reference and we try to guess his career war by just using our baseball knowledge in our dome so without further ado today's non-active player that we want to know his career baseball reference war is matt stairs what is oh, Matt, Matt Stairs, Stairs' career war, according to Baseball Reference? Uh, I don't know if this, I mean, it doesn't add anything at all, but I believe he's Canadian. I know he's like the pinch hit home run king. Uh, and if I had to guess, he's probably got somewhere between like 210 to 230 career home runs. I remember his days playing with the Chicago Cubs. I don't think he provided much of anything defensively. Uh, had to at least play a decade in the league. Definitely has his pension. Maybe played like 12 to 14 years. Um, oh boy. Uh, B-Ref War. I will say 18 or not bad at all. Matt Sears would probably agree with you that he should be 18 war, but in fact, Baseball Reference has him at 14.1. And honestly, looking at his slash line, like, man, that's that. Tell me if you wouldn't like this slash line for a raise acquisition this year. A 262 batting average, a 356 on base, 477 slug, that's an 832 OPS, a 117 OPS plus. 
he had 265 career bombs, which if you're looking at a 162 game average, that would come out to around 23 Jackie Johns. So, yeah, uh, I would like <laughs> the race to get a type of uh, a player that could, you know, be a Matt Stairs on a 162 game average. That would be pretty nice. Yes. Yes, that would be. Yeah, you'd sign up for that uh, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And um, yeah, one of the great Canadian-born players. Yes, not not going to make the Baseball Hall of Fame, but the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame is yes. uh, certainly there and uh, within reach if he hasn't already. Actually, just looking at it right now, yeah, he was inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. So very good. For nice. him, um, yeah, he's uh, definitely a, a throwback. And as I was looking up his, um, after uh, you revealed his his uh, war and career numbers, there, man, long, long career could he should earn double pension. Nineteen years in the bigs, played till he was forty-two. There is something to be said for having that uh, longevity. And he played uh, overseas, I think, in the. Oh, in the Japanese league too. So how about that? Um, all right. So there it is. Uh, baseball trivia name that war. And uh, we reviewed the play of Brooks Rayleigh and Josh Fleming. Uh, busy episode on a Friday. Hope you all enjoyed. And thank you for making the Lockdown Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On Sports Today podcast. That is also free and available on every single platform. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you next week.